us together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forevermore. Amen. I'd like to welcome you all for another Bible preach. I'd like to talk to you tonight about a couple of issues. One is internet technology, and two, relationships. One is internet, and the other one is relationships. We are living in a time and age, the Holy Bible calls it the end of times. The Holy Bible calls it the end of times. What happens in the end of times is that knowledge increases a lot, but for the wrong intentions. Knowledge increases a lot but for the wrong intentions mainly. And technology is part of our daily life. We can't do without it actually, but the problem is Satan uses any way and every way possible to get to the human race. And certainly Satan is doing a good job with technology. Is doing a good job with technology. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13, um, book of Revelation, chapter 13, talks about two beasts. One coming out of the ocean, seven heads, ten crowns, or ten horns. Seven heads and ten horns. And then talks about the other beast that is coming out from the land. And that one, the Bible says that it, from the outside, looks like a, a lamb or a ram. Like it's dressed up in a sheep outfit. Has two horns. And the job of this beast that came out of the land that looks like a sheep with two horns is to make an image is to make an image of the first beast that came out from the ocean that has seven heads and ten horns and to blow into this image pay attention blow into this image like a spirit 
and bringing this image into life and then making the whole world to bow and worship the image of the first beast that came from the ocean. This is the job of the second beast that looks like a ram, two horns, that makes the image of the first beast and blows like a spirit into it and brings it to life and makes every human being bow and worship this image. And those who do not, they'll be killed. When you read the, um, the book of Revelation, I don't recommend for you to read it on your own and try interpret it on your own. You don't. Because it's extremely... It's extremely um, difficult to understand. Now, that's not our topic to go into these beasts and what they mean and all that. It's a big, big story. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus tonight, as I said, I'm going to talk to you about technology. This beast that makes an image of the first one and blend, blows the spirit into it and makes it alive and gets all human race to worship it is technology. Is television, internets, and the rest of it. When you see a person on TV, how do you see the person? Only one side of the person, yes? That person looks like a spirit. Yeah? When you see a person on TV facing you on television, that person looks like a spirit. Are you with me? There are no three dimensions to that, three pers to that person. Looks like a spirit, but that spirit talks to you, moves, dances, and everything else. It's alive. In 1948, USA invented TV for the first time in the world. In 1948, black and white came out in America. Now, that beast looked like a ram, a sheep. Biblically speaking, what does a sheep represent? Biblically speaking, Jesus Christ. Christ, Christianity. So what does a sheep represent? Christianity, Christians. America to the world is a Christian nation, right? America to the world is a Christian nation. They invented TV in 1948. It was run by a Christian community. It was a beautiful Christian TV, Christian programs. Everything was pure. Everything was clean. Everything was Christian-driven program 50 years after the invention of this TV what happened Satan got into the line and changed television the second beast blew a spirit and brought it alive and made the whole world worship it television networks became bigger and bigger and instead of one or two channels now you've got maybe 2,000 channels 
satellite dishes, you can get easily 500 different channels at least from one dish. And what's on TV now and on the internet and on computer networks, what kind of a spirit moves there? What kind of pictures do you see there? Are you with me? Press of a button, you can go anywhere. And you can see anything and everything. And isn't the world worshipping this image that the beast blew into it a spirit and brought it alive? What do you see? Christian programs? Or do you see heavy-duty stuff? I tell you one thing about watching a TV seeing, uh, sitting in front of a computer and looking at the computer, whatever you're doing. Well, even if it's good, even if it's good things you're doing. I'll tell you one thing about it. The television set, the computer screen, sends waves that are hypnotic to the mind. You don't know that, and you don't see that, and you don't realize it. But if you sit there for half an hour, for an hour continuously, you are being hypnotized without you knowing. It actually of, uh, surpasses the rational mind. You know, the rational mind that you use for your daily needs. The rational mind. I've got to work, I've got to go to school, I've got to do my assignment. This, it actually goes over the rational mind and gets into the subconscious mind. And when it gets into the subconscious mind, starts shaping it and forming it, and yet you are not aware of it because you are hypnotized by these waves that are being sent from this TV and this computer screen. You know what hyp hypnosis is? Hypnosis is like you go to someone who is good at this. They get you to look at something and they say, you're sleepy now. They put you to sleep, but you're awake. And they start asking you questions, and they get your life story from you. And then they say, wake up. And then, whoa, what happened? You don't even remember that you've just told that person your life story. That's being hypnotized. When you sit in front of a television set and a computer for hours, your subconscious mind is being formed and shaped by what you are seeing, whether good or bad. But my concern is how much time do we spend seeing good things and how much time do we spend seeing bad things? What guarantees, also another question, what guarantees do I give myself that I can control myself and I'll only see good things. What guarantees are you going to have once you start going from one, one, one website to another, one page to another, from one site to another site? What guarantees you give yourself that you're going to be able to control yourself and not see the wrong things? It is extremely dangerous when we are using these kind of technologies in the very room of our home. 
Now, I'll tell you a few things what comes out of these that are negative. Because I need to focus on the negative ones first before I go to the positive. Because the negative is much stronger than the positive. One, you are putting yourself at risk by exposing yourself to something that you shouldn't be seeing and going there. And again, it's a hypnotic to the subconscious mind. So what you're going to see, you're going to put it into practice later on without you knowing. It is controlling your subconscious mind. And after a little while, from the subconscious, it's going to come to the rational mind. That means when it gets to the rational mind, you're going to put it into an actual practical thing. So from a theory to practical. Theory is the rational mind. And then it comes to the rational, the rational is your practical. So what you see, what you watch, you will do sooner or later. And you can't control it. Satan will come from an indirect way and he'll say, it's okay to watch. You need this. You must have this. Do I really? Who says I must have it. Who says? So one negative thing, which is very, very important, it's very dangerous, is that you are seeing things that you're not supposed to see. And it's going to stick in the back of your head, and then you'll start dreaming of it, and you'll start talking about it, and you'll start doing it in the real life after a little while. Two, Facebooks. Another technology, computer systems, you go into these Facebooks and MSNs and I don't know what else out there. There is Tango and Viber and yo bro, get down brother. Facebook is extremely, extremely a dangerous virus if we do not know how to prevent it and how to cure extremely dangerous and I personally disapprove of it 100% because the negative things that come out of Facebook is much greater than the positive things we need to weigh things up and see if they are of benefit and a value or not you gotta put it in the scale don't look on from one side only Facebook's what comes out of Facebook's one gossip the Bible calls it sin. And the wage of sin is death. So easily Satan traps humanity through this technology. The Bible says that the second beast will make the whole world worship this image. And that image is television and computers, by the way. Isn't the world worshipping TVs and networks and these computer systems? The whole world can't do without it. The Bible is 100% accurate. And when the Bible says that this technology is dangerous, it is dangerous. Don't say, I know what I'm doing. I'm mature enough. I'm strong enough. I'm wise enough. It's the 21st century. It's a, it's, a, it's a time of knowledge. We're living in Australia. It's not the Middle East. That's old-fashioned. I need to go with the flow. But going with the flow can lead you to a lot of mishaps. Out of Facebooks, 
One, gossip. How many of us, and please, I'm not pointing the finger at you. If anybody is feeling bad, I'm glad. Because you should. And if the father does not rebuke his or his son or his daughter about doing the wrong things, that then he is not a good father. And as a spiritual father, if I truly love you, if I really care about your well-being, then I must bring it to your attention. Why I said this? Because whatever you're going to hear from me and whatever you've heard and you're going to hear, I don't want you to get it in the wrong way. It is your spiritual father talking to you out of a big concern. How many of us use that Facebook to talk about other people? And those messages that we send, how many people do they read those messages? Are they all secretive? Or some of them can be seen by other people? Have we thought about it? If you want to talk about someone in any way or form or shape, it should be between you and that person behind closed doors, not in front of the whole world. It is no one else's business to know what's happening between you and your friend, between you and another person that you have an issue with. It is no one else's business. We are still very young to understand the magnitude of what life is all about. And that's why we need to listen to advices from people who are much older than us, much more mature, and certainly from people that are talking in the spiritual sense from a biblical point of view, from the church's point of view. Imagine you are sending a message to someone on Facebook and you are telling them that you have done this and this and this. And then others read that message. Whoa. What have I done? I have damaged the image and reputation of this person in front of others. I have damaged the image and reputation of this person in front of others. When you want to talk about someone, you have to be extremely careful on what to say and how to say it, and especially if it's something as dangerous as Facebook's. Because when the word goes out, it's going to be extremely difficult to bring it back. It's going to be extremely difficult to bring it back. One, you are exposing yourself to things you shouldn't be seeing. There's a risk, and a big one. Two, you're talking about people, and that is another mistake. Three, Facebook internets, by using it more than the normal thing, can damage the family's affairs. Imagine you are a son and you're a daughter in this house. There's dad, there's mom, and you've got other brothers and sisters. And you go into your room, you shut the door, and you are there for hours on end talking to someone on the other side of the world. 
talking to someone on the other side of the world. What are you doing is you are shifting the priorities upside down. You should be spending more time with the people that you see in front of your eyes than with the people that you don't see and you don't even know who they are. So you're spending hours with people on the Facebook, yet those people are not your family members, they are not of your concern. And they well may not be even in Australia, maybe in a different country. What benefits are you getting from those people that you have just spent two, three, or four hours with, that they live abroad, yet those four hours you didn't say, hi mom, hi dad, hi brother, hi sister. You did not communicate with your own family, yet you are communicating with someone who is not your family. What happens? What destroys love? Lack of communication. Before you know it, all of a sudden, mom and dad are strangers. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. My brother is not my brother anymore. Yet, a stranger on the other side of the world, all of a sudden, is your brother and your sister. Where is the fairness in this? Where is the justice in this? Where is it? So what's happening after a while? Satan wants for you not to communicate with your family. Satan wants for you to be living an individual life so he can get you much easier, much more easily. When you stop talking, when you stop communicating or you start, the, the communication between family members goes in the decline after a little while and before you know it you don't want to be in that house you don't want to talk to them anymore you don't feel comfortable talking to them yet when somebody got, jumps on that uh, computer uh, you know thing and then say hi I'm here are you there he's online well put him off and plug him out you want to be online, you be online with Jesus Christ. You want to be online, you be online with the people that are around you, close to you, in front of you. Not somewhere in the whoop-whoop land. And then what happens? When issues start to happen, when problems start to come up, surface up, when friction starts to happen, well, guess what? Don't blame this and this and this and this and this. Blame yourself. What have I been doing lately? So what is these technologies doing? Shaping your subconscious mind with the wrong things. Two, gossiping about people. Big mistake. Three, destroying the family bond. One day, and this happens not only with youth, with mature people as well. Married for 20 years. They come to me, they want a divorce. Why? Because either the husband or the wife are spending too much time on computers and ignoring the house. 20 years of marriage. Going down the gurgler because of Facebooks. And these chat rooms, they go into these 
I don't know, I, I don't know a chat room. What is a chat room? Get a life, man. <laughs> Internet cafes. The world has gone haywire. We are living in a society, me and you are only a statistic. We are a number. We are not a person, an individual of value. And There's no more morals of life. It's diminishing. That's why the world is going towards worshipping this image. Because they have actually lost sight of the true Messiah, Jesus. Sitting in these chat rooms, talking about Christianity. Look how Satan operates. <laughs> My goodness, man. <laughs> it's a great cause. It's not a bad cause. It's a very good one. I'm sitting there talking about Christianity and I'm bringing people to Christ, non-Christians, in a chat room. Ten hours. But what happened? That person lost their family. Hello? What? <laughs> so you're bringing people to Christ and you're ignoring your own people? Where is the justification in this? Be very careful with the technology that is at your fingertip. So what do you say? Shapes your subconscious? Very bad. Two? Gossiping about people? Very bad. Three? Lack of communication with your own family destroys family bonds. And four? Before you know it, this is all you're doing. And you're going to get used to it. And you can't do without it. You become addicted to it. My advice to you is technology, I'll use it only if it's necessary. If you're at school, use it for your assignments, yes. It's beautiful. If you want to maybe talk to your relatives maybe overseas and you use this uh, uh, kind of technology where you can see them and talk to them and it's kind of much cheaper than using a telephone or a mobile, do it. That's nice. And you've, got, you've, got an, you've got an image and you've got a voice as well, not just the voice, but you can see them as well. But if it's for just talking and gossiping and hi, how are you? How are you doing? What's happening? Hello, hi. Did you know this one? Yeah. Did you know about this guy? He just left his girlfriend. <laughs> that was his number 10. I feel sorry for the girl. He's found another. He dumped her for another one. Wow. And the other girl is looking and watching this. You know what? Oh, is she free now? And the other guy jumps in. Yeah, I'm going to try and, and have her in my life. Get her life, man. Are you serious? Is she free now? Thank God I've been praying so that she leaves him and dumps him or he leaves us so I can have her. You're wasting your time and breath and energy. There was a story, it's a true story that happened I think here in Australia. Um, I think it was an 8-year-old or 10-year-old girl. She was talking to someone. Um, I don't know on Facebook or on a web. But anyway, she was talking to this stranger. And after a while, the parents were not aware of this. After talking to this man, 
he actually convinced her to meet him. It's a true story here in Australia. He convinced her to meet him somewhere, and when she went there, he killed her. She was murdered. She was abused and then murdered. Now, that is an extreme story. But you know what? We can kill a lot of souls by just talking about them and putting them down. That's another way of killing them. It's not just a physical kill. We have to be very careful, my beloved, that we do not say anything in public to no one. We have to be extremely careful. Because you have no idea how much that is going to come back to you and reward you accordingly. Because what goes around comes around. You put someone in public down, somewhere along the line, someone will come and put you in public down. Be very careful. I hear a lot of stories about these technologies that are being used now in age. And it's mainly used for the wrong reasons. It's mainly used for the wrong reasons. There is the good side to it. There is a great promotion of our Lord Jesus on, on the Facebook and on, on these computer systems. There is a great deal of Jesus being, being actually promoted there, if I may use the word promoted. But then, how much can we have control of ourselves? If you have a Facebook, have someone to supervise your Facebook. Don't go into your little room and shut the door behind you and put a password no one can access, especially your parents do not know what's happening on that. No. Be open with your parents. Say, this is my Facebook dad, this is my Facebook mom, and this is what I write to my friends if I need to talk to them. Now, I don't know why you need to have friends on Facebook. You want to build a bond? Build a bond with Jesus Christ. Bring Jesus Christ into it and talk about Jesus on Facebook so you can teach other people. You want to display a picture of you? Don't display it being Arnold Schwarzenegger or being one of those fashion girls. Why? You're a Christian. Display a picture of Jesus, Mother Mary, a saint that you you know in your life. Make it a holy sight. Turn it around and say to Satan, you can go wherever you want to go, but I'm going to turn this for the glory of my Lord. I'm going to turn this sight so that other young people throughout the world can see this young person like themselves, but not doing what the, Lord, what the world does. I'm doing it how Jesus wants it. Well, since I cannot escape from technology, since I cannot do without technology, well, I'm going to turn it around and use this technology for the reflection of Jesus Christ's image and bring his light wherever there is darkness in this world. Make it another place of worship and send biblical messages to your friends for a change. Instead of a gossip, say, Jesus said this. Give him a verse. Every day send a verse for all the people that you have on your Facebook. Today's verse. Start your day with this verse. Remind 
this young generation of Christ every day. Anybody talks with love, go to that person with love and say, if we want to talk, if we want to judge, then let us judge ourselves first before we judge others. And if we want to talk, there is only one person that we should be talking about because outside this person is a waste of time and that is Jesus of Nazareth. If you want to talk, talk about Jesus. Talk about His love. Talk about His word. Let us be true Christians of Jesus Christ. And whatever you hear, you do not reply to. Not everything you hear is worth a reply. Not every word is worth to be put in a scale and weighed. Not everything is worth it. Return whatever is negative with positive. Return evil with good. Change the way you live because the current, the wave, the current of the world can drift you away so easily. And we can fall into this trap without knowing it and we start judging people and talking and, dis and, and destroying people's reputations. Change that technology for good. And when you sit on that computer, my advice to you, don't sit there for hours. Half an hour maximum and you get up, go and wash your face, something to eat, something to drink, break from it. Don't sit there for hours and hours and hours on end without moving from there. Don't sit at that computer uh, said that you have alone in one little corner at night time in a very quiet corner. Don't sit there. If you've got a spare moment, spend it with your family. If you've got a spare moment, spend it with your Lord, pray. If you've got a spare moment, maybe ring someone that you know that might need some help. Or I visit someone that is in need. Don't always go to the people that make you laugh. We have a saying in Assyrian. Um, says, don't go to the one that makes you laugh. Go to the one that makes you cry. Because the one that makes you laugh doesn't love you. But the one that makes you cry is the one who truly loves you. So when I go to a place where there is good advices, this is right, this is wrong, no, I don't like it. I want to go somewhere where everything is alright. That's what I want to be. And that's why I choose my street friends over my, my family, my whoever it is. Because with my friends out there, I do anything and everything and they always agree with me. Yet when I want to do something, my dad jumps and says, this is wrong, don't do it. And my mom says, always, she's stubborn. She says, no, 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 no. So you know what? I'm not going to tell him nothing. I'll do whatever I want. And then I'll just say to them, ah, yeah, yeah, it's all right. No. You don't be so open with whoever is out there just smiles into your face and, and laughs into your face and you say, oh, this is my best buddy and you trust them and you go with your life and you hand it over to them. No. Technology is a good thing if we know how to use it, not abuse it. 
And speaking of relationships, that was the other topic. I was in Assyrian. You know what, Bishop Murray? I, I met the, 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 the Romeo of my life on the net. You know, we were talking, and you know, he seemed so nice. I, my heart started pumping very fast. And he was so cute. And he sent me a flower on the net, internet. And he sent me a big heart on the internet. And a big badge on the internet. Boys and girls. <laughs> a relationship. A relationship. That is just... Um, it's very dangerous, especially when it comes and it's built through internet. It's very dangerous. I, I mentioned this uh, uh, several times in my talk. One day this girl came to me crying. Crying, crying, crying. What's wrong, my daughter? My boyfriend just dumped me. Well, first of all, you shouldn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's not a good thing. Okay. How long were you with this boy? Four years. How old are you? Sixteen. Sixteen minus four. She started with this boy when she was still drinking milk through the dum-dum. Um, boys, if you think you're 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever, and you don't have a girlfriend as yet, you don't feel embarrassed about it and don't, don't let this put you down because it looks like I'm a miserable failure. Girls, I don't get attracted. They, they, don't, you know, they don't come to me. All, all the other boys have girlfriends. I don't have one. You know what? I feel bad. This is terrible. Now I'll actually feel good because why do you want another schlechte Tlibba for you? Heart puller. <laughs> do you know what a heart puller is? Why do you need someone to give you a hard time? Be free, man, you're free. You can go out, you can have fun. Then you'll be more, more chained up. Where were you? Who were you talking to? Why didn't you come? Why didn't you remember me? It was my birthday. <laughs> oh, sweetie, I was too busy talking to other girls. Oops. <laughs> You know, relationships at a very early age, and especially using this technology and this chit-chat, is very, very dangerous. A relationship at a very age, early age is extremely dangerous. What are you in for? Just you because you want to have a girlfriend and you want to have fun, go out together and, and be together, and then? Or you want to have a boyfriend, and then? What's then? Don't do what everyone else out there is doing. You're 15, you're 16, I need a boyfriend in my life. Who says? It's very dangerous. Very dangerous. A relationship is so dangerous, why? Because human beings are made out of feelings and emotions. One word can make me and one word can break me. 
So when we enter a relationship at a very, very early age, what's going to do, whether you like it or not, it's going to affect your way of thinking. It's going to start changing your way of thinking. Before, maybe I was focused on my studies. Now, I'm opening the book to study for my assignment, and I see her picture, her face in the picture, in the, in the page. Oh, Suzanne. Oh, Elizabeth. Oh, Virginia. Oh, how many do you have? It starts to affect your focus in life. You're still so young, you need, to you need to focus on your education. So if one day that boy says something to you and hurts you, you're not going to go and study. You don't want to see no one. You go into your room, you want to cry, I hate this, you start breaking things, I don't want to eat. Mom talks, shut up, dad talks, go away, I don't want to see you. For what? Because Sargon Brunet Khilpu said to me something. The guy with the big nose, a Syrian. So what? But you see what you are getting yourself in? Relationships are dangerous because we are feelings and emotions. And words can change so much in our feelings. So much. Very powerful the word is. Very powerful. And I have seen so many young people being hurt from these kind of relationships. A lot. And you know what? Sometimes it becomes so serious, they want to go and hurt themselves because she left me or he left me. They got so attached to that person. It's very dangerous. If you're not mature enough and that relationship is not... Is, uh, the intention of this relationship is not for marriage... You shouldn't be in that relationship. Just because you want to go with the flow? No. You have to understand there are consequences later on and it will catch up with you. And it's not fun when it starts hurting. It's not fun. So, technology is extremely dangerous and lately... And in our time and age, it's being used for the wrong reasons more than anything else. Turn around and come back and change it for the glory of Jesus Christ. Stop putting pictures that are useless. And the pictures are going to come out of that computer and they'll be stuck on your room walls. Sometimes I visit houses to pray, and I go into these rooms. Uh, can you pray here, Marmari? This is for our, this is our daughter's room. This is my son's room. I see a little tiny picture of Jesus Christ sometimes, not always. A little tiny picture of Jesus Christ somewhere very low, and then I see M and M's and I don't know who and, and Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and poor Jesus. Oh, Mother Mary, a little picture somewhere hidden below. How can I put someone else's picture on top of Jesus' picture? Or, maybe you put the same level, I've seen sometimes, Jesus and some guy with tattoos everywhere 
One of these. So what are you saying? Is Jesus talking to this guy saying, Yeah, what's up, bro? Get down, brother. Let me some skin. Truly, I say to you, bro. Where is the relevancy? Or you'll have Liverpool, Arsenal, Arnold Schwarzenegger everywhere. Manchester United. Guys, I know you want to have fun. I know you want to enjoy life. I know you want to do this and you want to go there and you want to explore this and you want to get to know this and you want to get, uh, you know, bring all your dreams into reality and intuition. I know that. But you need to know for yourself as well that I must walk within limit. I must talk within limitations. I must do things to a certain degree and stop. I just cannot do whatever I want and whatever I feel of doing. It just won't work. Believe you me, you don't need to be spending a lot of time just having a chat for hours on, on this Facebook and on this technology. You don't need it. And if you have any pictures of you personally or others that are on your Facebook, I suggest for you to remove them. You don't want to display a picture? Don't. You want to display a picture? Don't display a picture of yourself, and especially in a way that is like a, one of these models. There is no need for the world to see you. It is none of their business. You see, in the Holy Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, the Lord Jesus talks about this parable. He says, A sower went out to sow some seed. And some seeds fell on the side of the road, and the bird of the sky came and devoured them. He ate those seeds and took them away. What is the Lord trying to teach us through this parable? It's Matthew 13. The sower that went out to sow the seeds is the Almighty God. The seed is the Word of God. The road is your will. The road is your will. You know what the will is? The will is a very powerful tool that you can say yes and you can say no. God put in you the most powerful tool ever which you can stop God through this will. It is that powerful. So he said, some seeds, my words fell on the side of the road and the, 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 the birds of the sky came and ate them. And later on in, in chapter 13, the Lord Jesus comes back and explains this parable. He says, and the, he said, the sower is God, the seed is the word of God, and the bird is Satan. Jesus himself says that. The bird is Satan. What is this road? It is my will. 
why do I not accept God's word in my life sometimes or a lot of times? Because my will, my will is like a road. Now when you come to the road, who walks on the road? Every man and his dog. The car drives on the road. The horse walks on that road. The king walks on the road. And a slave walks on the road. The rich and the poor. Humans and animals walk on road. Yes? So what the Lord Jesus is saying, is saying when your will is so weak, when you have opened yourself to everyone and anyone, then you will never have the time to accept God's word in your life because you are accepting every human being's word. You won't have the time or the place to accept God's word. That is why when the word of God is being mentioned, we reject it because my hard drive is filled with people's words. They have come into my life and they have so much influence in my life, they are directing my life. I'm not living my life by myself. I'm living it according to this, and according to that, and according to this friend, and according to that friend. Well, what about you? I have let people take over my life without knowing it. When you fight with your parents for the sake of your friend, Rest assured, your friend is in control of your life, not you. When you let your friend to take you away from God, rest assured, that friend is your guardian, not God. Then you should ask yourself this question. Aren't you a unique individual that has enough intelligence and enough wisdom to manage your life and your affairs. Why do you need people to come so far and so deep into your life and shape it according to their lifestyle, not your lifestyle? Why? We need to come back to the source that is Jesus of Nazareth. And my advice, any pictures you've got displayed on the Facebook of you personally, in any way, form, or shape, remove them. No one is worthy or has the right or their business to see what I look like. No one. You want to display a picture? You, if you still want to have a Facebook, for the, re for the right reason, you should have it only. If you want to have a Facebook, display a picture that reflects your true status, Christian. Put the picture of Jesus. Put the picture of the Holy Mother Mary. Put the picture of a saint. And, and, and all the other saints. There's plenty of them. They're like the stars of heaven. Endless. Change. And don't be ashamed. And don't be embarrassed of your Jesus. If other people start making fun of you and say, oh, look at this, he's, oh, look at him, he's, he's, he's crazy, or she's crazy. Well, if you want to call me crazy for Christ, then I'm proud to be crazy for Christ. Hey? Yes, I'd love to be crazy for him. Because crazy for him 
is absolute, absolute glory. And if you want to make fun of me, well, other people did for Jesus, so it looks like I'm walking in his path. Whatever came to him is coming to me. Thank you, Lord. That is a sign. I'm walking in the right direction. I'm going to tell you something. It's a little bit harsh. And my apologies, but I must say it. This is relationships. If you as a man, as a boy, are going out with a girl just to have fun, remember that she is your sister. Would you ever like it for some other boy to come and be disrespectful to your own sister? I believe you would go and want to kill that person. If what you cannot do if you expect, if you say that others can't do this, then you should say it to your own self. If your sister can't go out with a guy because you disapprove of it, then you should not go out with a girl in the disrespectful way. Just because you are a boy does not give you the right to do things that a girl cannot do. Because if you can have fun with girls, your sister can have fun with boys. Do you accept it? No. And if you can't accept it, then don't accept it on your own self. Because this girl that you are laughing at her, she belongs to a family. She is a sister of a brother. She is a sister of another person. She is a daughter of some parents. We need to wake up. And if we, and there is, don't tell me there is a relationship that is serious and you, are, and you are serious about it and you are 15, 16, 17, 18, don't tell me that. Because you are too young for this relationship to be that serious to go into marriage. You haven't finished your high school. When are you going to finish your, your other further ed education? When are you going to work? How are you going to provide for this girl? What do you think marriage is a joke? So if you are not in it for a serious intention, walk away from it because you are hurting yourself, your sister. Your sister. Then if, she, if you're not marrying that person, then that person is your brother and that person is your sister. And be straightforward. Say, I can't be with you and I can't do this to you. And I'm walking away. Be a man even if you're a girl. And see what the Lord is going to do for you. See how much He's going to bless you. See how much He's going to open doors that you, would, you have never ever dreamt of. Enjoy life with Christ. Don't enjoy life for the sake of other people and with other people. Enjoy it with Jesus and for Jesus. And say, Lord, I'm leaving my life in your hands. And I'm letting you to direct me. You are the good shepherd that leads me to green pastures and still waters. And even if I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Read Psalms 23. If you are ever in trouble and you want to see how Jesus is for you, read Psalm 23. But come back to him. And give your life for him. Say, Lord, whatever I'm going to do from now on, I'm going to do it in the light.
in the truth as a daughter as a son living with your parents if you are still living with your parents never ever be disrespectful to your parents never ever because this is the law of the Almighty God you want to go somewhere you say the truth do not hide do not twist it because it will haunt you later on because you brought God's word and if you've got someone in your life you go into your parents and say look I've got someone in my life don't do it behind their back and if you see yourself you are not in it for the glory of marriage then you pull out from it because this is absolutely not for fun because you are dealing with people's emotions you can't play with them you can't play with someone's heart I said I was going to be a bit harsh I'm sorry but I, I'm liking it we need to wake up we are living in an era that is gone blind 21st century is spiritual blindness is spiritual starvation everything in this world is mainly done on a physical materialistic level spirituality is diminishing in a very rapid way why because everything I'm doing because I want to do it it feels good for me this is what I like well how about for a change you say this is what Jesus likes and this is what my parents like and this is what my bishop says he likes do it be honest to yourself so you can be honest to others and I've always said this and I'll say it if there is anything that you need to talk about if there is anything you want to open up you can't talk to mom you can't talk to dad you can't talk to your sister to your certainly don't go and talk to your friend who is in the same boat as you are because if an alcoholic goes and says to another alcoholic what do you think shall I give up drinking well what do you think the answer is going to be you're crazy mate it's the best thing ever I've done in my life flex the elbow bro if you ever need anything you can open up and talk you can't talk to no one you can talk to this man and I'm not saying like I'm the only one no but I'm talking to you since I'm seeing you and you're seeing me so I'm referring but speak to someone in the church a priest whatever whichever church it is doesn't matter but you need to let it out and say I've got an issue is this right is this wrong don't just pretend that it's okay and just go with it quietly under the radar speak up and I've heard a lot of stories and I know a lot of stories and then okay, I gotta make you laugh a bit one thing good about being a you know uh, <laughs> like a priest or a bishop <laughs> is that I get to know the story before anyone else knows about it <laughs> and I know what's happening here and what's happening there I love it but 
Well, we know one thing. Actually, having mentioned this, sometimes why do people you know, hesitate to go and speak to a priest or to, to someone like me? Because they think that if they open up, that I might look at them in a different way. And now that I know their stuff-ups and all the things that they've done in their life, so the next time I see them, I may give them that look or not say hello to them or say hello to them, but in a sort of a different way. Mmm, it's you, huh? <laughs> so that's why they hesitate to come and open up because they're afraid that we might look at them sort of a bit down, you know? But if a father, if a father looks at his child in a degrading way, then he is degrading himself. If a child cannot talk to his father, then who else can he talk to? I tell you one thing, and this is about this person. I don't know about others, but I'm sure they are much better than me. Much better than me, all the other ranked people. But I'll tell you one thing about this person. If you ever come and say your life story to this person, to me, I want you to know one thing and be assured of it. If anything I'll do next, I'll love you a hundred folds more. If I loved you once before, and now you've told me your life story, now I love you a hundred times, a thousand times more. And you have grown up in my eyes much, much greater. No matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. How terrible of a mistake you've made. Jesus adores people that confess their sins. Loves them more. I'll finish it off with this true story. There was this big saint. In his life on earth, he used to perform a lot of miracles. One day, one day he was walking and he heard some noise. It was in the bushland. Actually, it was a graveyard. He heard some noise. So he walks to there and he sees a boy and a girl having fun. There was no, it's a graveyard and it's sort of uh, 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 nobody there. Only the dead. <laughs> I don't know if the dead were saying, whoa, look at these people. <laughs> so this saint came. He, he was a very elderly man. Very old in age. So he, he came there and he saw this boy and girl. They got embarrassed. So they, they ran away. And, and this, this old saint is running after that boy. My son, my son, stop. He can't run. So anyway, this boy ran, ran, and, and this old man is dragging sort of himself behind him. And after a little while, they came into this desert. This young boy looked around. There is no people. No one can hear him. No one can see him. He said, ah, yeah, now I can get this old man. He saw me in the act. I'm going to get rid of him. I kill him. Nobody can see me. He thought like he was running after him to, you know, tell him off or something because he saw him doing something wrong. He said, my son, this, this old man, um, he couldn't see very well. His eyesight was not the best. He said, my son, please, I've got, I've got a, a dimple 
and, 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 and my foot here, uh, you know, in the heel, and it's been for years and years, I've been praying to Jesus all these years to take it so at least I can walk. It's very hard for me and it's very painful. I was wondering if you can pray for me. He said, what? <laughs> pray for you? I thought you saw me doing something wrong there, brother. Now you want me to pray for you. Ah, oh. so he's doing it out of sort of, is uh, sort of, you know, putting it in a, in a degrading way to this old man. He said, okay, I'll pray for you. Um, Jesus, heal this man. Bang, on the spot. This old man is healed. That young boy started crying. He fell on his, on his face, begging for mercy from Jesus. The old man, the old man turned to heaven and he said, Come on, Jesus, where is the fairness in here? All my life I have given it to you. I'm an old man, I have never left you. I worshipped you, I prayed for you, I sacrificed my life for you. And I've been praying for years and years and years to heal me. And you never heard my cry and my prayer and my voice. This, he just said, Jesus, heal him and you heal me on the spot. He hears the voice from heaven. He said, my son, you are always mine. But this child of mine, for the first time ever, he talked to heaven. Do you think I'm not going to answer him as a father? For the first time ever in his life, he talked to me. I was longing to hear him talking to me. I was waiting for this moment. Of course I'm going to listen to him. It's his first time ever. My son was lost and now is found. He was dead and now he's alive. Jesus loves us and waits for us to come back and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I have sinned, I've made a mistake, I've done this. Confess it to the Lord and also confess it to someone of a religious status that can forgive your sins through the priesthood rank. Confess it. Now, this technology for the glory of my Jesus and I don't care what the world says about me I will never talk about no one and if I talk about people I'll say they're all saints and I'm the greatest sinner of all if I want to judge I'll judge myself I'll be Jesus like on earth another Christ a reflection of him on earth let us bring Christ into this world that is lacking his love that is lacking his light let us shine Jesus more and more in our lives and bring him to, the, to this world that is fading away. And in any relationships that you are in, be honest to yourself and then to the person that you're with. If you are not in a serious relationship, if your intentions are not serious, you walk away and stop playing with people's feelings. Don't break hearts if you want your heart not to be broken. 
Don't hurt others if you want others not to hurt you. Be good to your parents so you may receive the blessings of the Almighty God in your life. What your parents do, they will be paid for it. It is not your work to judge them in a disrespectful way. Out of love, you talk to them and you say, I think that this is wrong. Mom, this is wrong. But you can't take their role and you be in charge and say, none of your business, Dad. None of your business, Mom. It is none of your business to say such a thing to your parents. Be good. Because the God we worship is good. Actually, I always say I'll finish it off on this, but I'll finish it off on this. You know when I mentioned the word good? I just remembered one thing. One day, I was driving. I pro you probably heard this from me before, but I'll say it again. One day I was driving and I, um, and I was saying to myself, why, why did Jesus say, I'm the good shepherd? Why did he refer to himself as the good? Why didn't he say, like, I'm the best, I'm the greatest? Why did he say, I'm the good? So anyway, uh, I came to this roundabout and I stopped, waiting for my turn to go. And then a, a car pulls next to me on that, on that uh, big roundabout. And for a split second, I just turned to the car that just pulled next to me. As I turned to the car, my eyes fell on a writing on the, on the back window of that car. And that writing was the answer for my, uh, for my question that I was talking while I was driving. <laughs> I said, wow, look at the Lord Jesus. He answers us even like little preschool children. You know, look at this window, look at this apple, look at this. Because we are children, babies in nappies in his eyes. He is wise and his wisdom is so, so massive. It is endless. And from that message on that window of the car was the answer for my question. Why I am the good shepherd? Because he said, my son, if I said I'm the best, then I am comparing myself with someone else. That person is good, that one is better, and I'm the best. He said, the reason why I said I'm good, because there is only one and one only, and Jesus. There is nothing you can compare me with, no one you can compare me with. That's why I'm just good. Are you with me? Good, no comparison. Better, comparison. Best, comparison. Good is only one. I'm the only one. He says, I am the only one. That's why I am just good. Because no one can compare me to anyone else. No one. Be good to the good shepherd. The one and only. God bless you. Let's stand for the, um, and, and pray, or the Lord's Prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forevermore. Amen. May the Lord Jesus bless you. Thank you so much, guys. I will see you next week.